You're listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 103, featuring special guest Allison Bailey of the National Tour of Wicked. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Can I let you in on a little secret? Thriving on social media does not have to be as daunting as it sounds. So let me help you. With my brand new online course, The Essential Guide to Instagram for Actors, you'll learn all my insider tips into defining your brand, creating high quality content, increasing your engagement, and building a following on Instagram. Take it from someone who started on social media completely from scratch in 2017 and built an empire of over 10,000 loyal followers. If I can do it, so can you. As a special thank you for listening today, you will get 30% off your purchase of the course by going to actoraesthetic.com slash Instagram and using the code podcast30. Can't wait to see you all shine on Instagram. Well, hey, friends, thanks for joining me again on another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Today, we have the lovely Allison Bailey. Allison Bailey has been traveling the country by bubble as Glinda in the Broadway National Tour of Wicked for the past five years years. Her regional credits include Les Mis, The Music Man, Singing in the Rain at New London Barn Playhouse, and A Proper Place at Goodspeed Opera House. She holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Musical Theater from the Boston Conservatory and is a proud Pensacola native. In this episode, I chat with Allison about her musical theater college audition process, her training at the Boston Conservatory, which iconic song she ended up singing for her senior showcase, her sublet nightmare, side jobs in New York City, and traveling the world on the national tour of Wicked. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Allison, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yay. I'm so excited to finally get to chat with you. So I know you grew up initially in Pensacola. So tell me how you initially got involved in theater out there. Oh, goodness. Okay. So I'm basically, I'm the black sheep of the family. Like no (laughs) one sings. No one likes to do public speaking. I don't, I have no idea how I got the theater bug. But um, I, I did like a local production at like age seven. I played a boy orphan. Um, honestly, I was taking what I could get, you know, it was anything that they would just hand me, I would have been a tree. And so I just got the theater bug and I started doing community theater. Um, I would at least do like one summer production a year. And then the older I got, the more I would do. So then, you know, like it become two and then three and then it consumed my whole life. I just caught it so young and I loved it. And that's basically how I started was just community theater. Did you always know that you wanted to pursue a degree in theater? 
You know, honestly, like if you would have asked me probably in like around eighth grade, I would have told you I wanted to be an aeronautical engineer because oh I was obsessed with Apollo 13 and I was like, I'm going to work for NASA. I'm sending people to space. <laughs> then I realized how much math was involved and I was like, this is an absolute no. So then I was like, let's regroup. And then I just, I realized, you know, you can make musical theater a career. And then it was a no brainer. I knew that's oh, exactly wow. what I wanted to do. So yeah, definitely by high school. I knew that was my track. Take me back to that time then. You were probably 17, 18 years old, auditioning for schools. What was that process like for you? It's a miracle I got into school. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Um, You know, my my mom and dad too, but my mom was, tried to give me the best opportunities that she could. You know, she, you know, made sure that I took voice lessons and dance classes, but I didn't go to performing arts school. I didn't know what equity was, what a LaDuca Mm -hmm. shoe was. Like, I I just didn't know what was about, you know, what the industry was really, you know, about. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but so it was a scary time, but I did. I auditioned for like nine different schools. Um, I knew that I probably was not going to get accepted into all of them, if any. Um, But I did. (laughs) Um, And I always, I wanted to always go to Boston Conservatory. That's the school I ended up going to. I only knew that's the reason why is because a, a couple of people from my hometown had been accepted and had gone mm-hmm. there. I was like, oh, they can sing. Maybe I'll be able to sing if I go there too. Did you work with anyone to uh, coach your stuff or were you just freehanding it? My voice teacher. And, you know, she gave me the material the best she could. Um, <laughs> she was a Boston Conservatory alum, but she, oh, cool. I believe, she was an opera major. Oh, so, okay. Similar, but not the same. And so... We did the best we could. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, that's that's basically all the coaching I had. I did have an acting teacher here where we would just do monologues and things like that. Um, but I didn't have really like a, a team. Like some people, oh gosh, I talk to kids nowadays and they're like, oh, I have Crazy. my coaching team and, you know, and I, I didn't have anything like that. So just my voice teacher, my acting coach and dance classes here and there. It's crazy too, because I think the college audition scene has really dramatically changed within the past just few years. I mean, I, I know when I was auditioning, I certainly didn't have, I barely had any pre-screens to send in. I think I was like the first year that things started going in. So things became digital and now there are so many programs, but the the competition is just insane. insane. So absolutely insane. So how do you feel that your training at Boston Conservatory prepared you for a now career in the theater industry? Yeah, what I love, I really do love about Boco is I feel like they really focus on becoming a, a well-rounded performer. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm the best singer or the best dancer, the best actor, but I feel very confident in all three. Um, it, they, you know, I don't feel like they necessarily produce stars. They produce people that are going to work in the industry. And so, like, sometimes I would go to, you know, an, an open call that would be for singers. But then the next day I'd wake up and go for the dancers. And wow. I know they probably are like, why are we seeing you again? You're wasting our time. But there would be so many different times where they didn't select me like in the dance round, but the next day I came and sang and they did. So, you know, that's what I just, from that process I learned, I was like, oh, it's at least important for me to learn how to be well-rounded because it'll just help at least try to get a job. Honestly. (laughs) Well, that's, that's 
amazing because whether you identify as a singer or a dancer or just an actor, it's really important to be completely well-rounded because the more well-rounded you are, the more marketable you are to the industry. And then you have a really good shot at going to auditions for singers and going to auditions for dancers and playing the field and not just honing in on one specific thing. That's actually really cool that Boston Conservatory helps encourage that yeah, helps it encourage that yeah absolutely what was your transition like from college to the real world i mean you came from what boston to new york, new york. yeah yeah and boston was a great starter city it really yeah. was you know it's a smaller city than new york but at least i was used to city life and walking places and things like that so like that was an awesome transition um and it wasn't too far because in Boston like I would take the midnight bus to come into New York for audition so like <laughs> at least <laughs> I had a little bit of that craziness in me so at mm -hmm. least I had been to New York several times and it was a good adjustment but yeah I mean I went from um from school I showcased I got my agent from showcase oh you did okay I did but even though they would send me for appointments I went to every open call, every EPC. <laughs> I was an equity. I was EMC at the time. Uh -huh. uh, I know life has completely changed now. Yeah, but at the crazy. time, you would just like go outside and line up at 3 a.m., put your name on the list, and that was what you did. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that that's exactly what I did. I would go to auditions, you know, the, the 10 a.m. audition, then I'd go to the 2. And then if I had an appointment, I'd go to that, and then I went to work. Um, mm. <laughs> I worked three different jobs. I worked 60 hours a week. I had no life. <laughs> Tell me about those jobs. What were oh, you working? Girl. Okay. So I worked as a hostess at a place called Delmonico's. It's a restaurant okay. in the financial district. Um, so I worked there. I worked at Flywheel. Um, I worked in the front desk there. Um, I uh, My very first job in New York was in Port Authority. I sold macaroons. If you had a job, I did it. I promise you, I've, I probably have done it. So that was my life. I was just alternating between, you know, gigs here and there and went to every audition known to man. And um, I, I, I had no social life. I truly had no social life. Um, but thank goodness I had a roommate, so I would see her and I'd be like, great, there's people. Like, I do see, like, actual real-life people that I can have discussions and, like, conversations with about my day. Take me back real quick to just explain to someone who doesn't, who might not know this, uh, about your showcase. What was your showcase like for Boston Conservatory? Yeah, um, that, actually, I'm really thankful for it, too. I, I mean, when I was looking at schools, I really wanted to be accepted in a school that had one. Um, I know it's not make or break, but basically, we had a showcase um, I guess like 75 agents come, like casting directors, agencies, managers, and they all come. You sing 32 bars of a song. Um, so you give your best shot, <laughs> whatever you do best. Do you remember um, what you sang? Oh, girl, I sang popular. I actually sang popular. Yes. And at the time, I think some people thought I was psycho, but I was like, well, I'm, I'm all for it. Tell <laughs> anyone I want. I'm putting it out there to you all. Um, so there wow. are no questions. Um, yeah. So I sang popular and um, that was my showcase. I sang 32 bars of it and um, that was it. That was, that's all I got. So I got my agent out of that and um, really, really thankful and that was it. I basically like from showcase, I went back and graduated, um, like seven days later. Oh, then, do you, do you did showcase before you, y'all graduated? Yes. Yeah, so we finished yeah. classes like 
May 3rd, we showcased like May 6th, and then we graduated like May 17th. Okay. No, I was an RA in college, so I had to go back to the dorm anyways. Um, so I was a house mama, and so, um, but then after I graduated, I was in New York seven days later. That was it, and wow. then I was here for a year. Oh, I mean, did you move to New York City? Did you sign a lease, or did you sublet a place? Okay. So what I did you do? <laughs> So, um, I knew the, um, the girl, she's now one of my best friends, but who I was living with in New York, her lease wasn't up in Boston until August. So I had to figure out what I was going to do from basically end of May to August. So I, I think I went on a website called padmapper.com and I got to my apartment that didn't exist. So mm -hmm, it was 1030 at night. I like paid $1,500 to like a house that didn't exist. And I had an audition the next day. It was like literally like NYC, two bags, one me, zero money. And oh um, my God, what a nightmare. It was awful. So I basically like, I hopped cou like friends couches for like a week until another friend was like, I, my brother has a place in Brooklyn. If you want to sleep on the pullout couch for the summer. And I did. And so way out in Prospect Park, Brooklyn, on the F train, super nice, but very far away. And um, I stayed there for the summer until I signed my lease for a year in the city. Um, and I ended up living in the financial district. We lived in a studio. Oh, there was two of us and we lived in a studio. Um, so it was super, it was super crazy, but we did it. But that's the story. Wow. That's the lesson. Don't wire money. I had to hey. do it in Boston. So I didn't know there was a bad thing. You know, what's tough though, is that this is a really easy scam to fall for when you're not in New York city and you can't physically see the place until wow. you get there. Uh, so it's, it's hard. It's like a toss up. It's like, well, do you fly out to New York? Just if, if you're going to a school that's not as close as Boston or, you know, wherever, yeah. do you fly out? Do you stay there for a day? I don't know. It's a yes. give and take. Oh my God. So I basically was talking to some person probably in the middle of the country on a Walmart phone because the number wasn't real. <laughs> it didn't exist. Um, so long story short, but that's what happened to me. So that was kind of my like welcome to NYC story. Um, I mean, literally welcome to NYC. Welcome to NYC. Whoa. <laughs> okay. So you graduated, you finally had a roof over your head <laughs> and what was the audition scene like for you? I know that you mentioned you just went to a ton of auditions. Yeah, a ton. Um, honestly, I did. I went to anything and everything. Mm -hmm. um, especially just because I, di I didn't know better when I moved to the city. I truly thought, like, if there's an audition, you got to be there. Um, <laughs> and I did. There were many times that I probably shouldn't have been there. But um, I, it was good. It, you know what? If it was, like, an extremely hard dance call, I got a dance class out of it. I learned something. And I met a lot of really nice people, truly, like some really great people and some great contacts that like I still talk to. And they were, people ask like, how do you know them? And I'm like, they were my audition buddy. I really don't know them from anything except they were my audition buds. Mm -hmm. um, but it, yeah, it was a lot. I tried to audition as much as I could and it was a great experience. And um, that was my life, really. My, my wow. job is what I called it was auditioning. That's kind of how I treated it. You kind of have to. You have yeah, to treat it that you do. way. You do. What That's was like the balance like for you balancing your side jobs and auditioning? I mean, like I said, I had no life. Um, <laughs> many times I didn't honestly, I didn't have time to cook. So Starbucks, I 
this is how bad it was. And my mom's mortified to know this, but I would get gift cards for Christmas and my birthday to Starbucks. People thinking like, oh, she'll get a cup of coffee. No, 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 no. Girl used that to have like breakfast sandwiches for dinner. Like that's how I like <laughs> ate my food on a dime. I was using like Starbucks cards to eat. That's what I ate. Um, well, I, I feel really lucky that I was able to, it's like we switched it up, Dunkin and Starbucks and they were breakfast sandwiches and those were like my meals. Um, so truly I did, I didn't really get to balance it out yeah. uh, too much, but, um, I don't regret it. I feel like now from working, looking back on it, I, I think it taught me a lot of resilience. It taught me to appreciate what I have. Um, and I didn't like, I didn't turn on the TV. I didn't do Netflix. And so now mm. that when I have time, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, you did that life where you didn't, you know, have the time to do it. So now you do. So enjoy it while you can. You made your national tour debut in Wicked. Wicked. What was that audition process like for you? Goodness. And I must say, it was my equity debut too. I got my equity oh, card gosh, from it. Wow. Um, so it was, it was actually my third audition for Wicked. There had been two times already in the year that I had auditioned, gotten to like the, the final finals, didn't wow. book it, and was real sad, always sad. Um, you know, I, I think everybody can relate to that. They get so close for something they care about so deeply and then you just don't. Um, but so that audition process was crazy. I had four rounds. Wow. Um, first round I had to, you know, sing with resident director and casting. The next round I wasn't expecting the music director. We had a coaching at the Gershwin which that was my first time ever like backstage at a Broadway show, much less his office. It was the coolest thing ever, but we had a coaching for like an hour. Then the next day I went in and did the whole material shebang again for casting and the resident director. And then I got a call that said, can you come back and dance? Mm -hmm. And so I was, I mean, honestly, like I was fully expecting like a dance call, like probably eight people, four people, like however much they had really narrowed it down. And I got there and casting was like, it's just you today, which I wasn't expecting at all. Um, so they had like the dance captain from Broadway. We did partnering. They had a percussionist and like a pianist there. Like they went full out, I guess, to make sure I could stay on beat. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, honestly, she said, thank you for your time. And I was like, oh gosh, was it that bad? Um, but then I got a call like an hour later, I was at Flywheel and um, an and hour later. An hour later, I found oh, out I got wow. the job. Um, I fell on the floor at work. I think they thought like something was severely wrong. And I was like, no, I just never have to come back here ever again. <laughs> uh, which was some strong words because I may end up there again. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and um, I, that, that was it for me. I was on the road in six days. Six days. Six days. What was this contract for? An understudy for Glinda? I, I, uh, yes, I understudied Glinda. And um, I was in the ensemble every night. So technically my ensemble track was called Fanny. And uh, Fanny is Glinda's mean friend. And um, that was my track. So wow. um, but I was in the show every night, eight times a week. And then um, understudied for a bubble girl. For a bubble girl. How yes. long was that initial contract? Oh gosh. I mean, you signed writers. Yeah. Um, so I believe like the first was like six months, but what's, magical about like long running shows is that once your writer's up, usually the ensemble can stay um, mm. as, as long as that may be. Um, so unless, you know, there's a reason like you want to leave or they want you to leave. Um, 
if you're in the ensemble, you can kind of stay. There's not really a, a set date for you. Wow. Um, so I was there on my first contract for three years and eight months. <laughs> I was there. It was my absolute dream show. So I was like, all right, you better enjoy this for all it's worth. Don't let go of it because you know how good you have it. And so I, I was there a long time. I grew up a lot. Yeah. The road. Yeah, I could imagine because at that time when you booked the show, you must have been... 22, 23 maybe? I, I was, I had just, I was 23 actually in rehearsal, had my 24th birthday. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So excited. what you were initially hired on as the understudy, but then what happens when you have, you know, you eventually were hired on as full-time Galinda. Yes. Is there a, is there a second audition process for that? You know, I don't know if there's ever like a a really like a structure to what happens with understudies ever going, you know, yeah. the role for me, I-, I left. I mean, that was it. I had no expectations oh, wow. back to the show. I-, I, I, you know, I had no idea that was even in the cards for me. Um, I left um, my replacement. She was actually getting married. So before I had even left tour, they said, Hey, can you come back for two weeks in the summer? And I said, so I was really only gone for three weeks. And I was like, hi, I'm your old haunt. I'm back. <laughs> um, so I came back for two weeks. I played Seattle and Portland. It was the last week of one city, first week of the other. So it was really nice. I got to go to two different cities I'd never been. Mm-hmm. And then I left. I left for good. So I went on vacation with my family. I was gone about a week and a half. And while I was on vacation, um, my agent called and said, hey, can you send in a self-tape? for Glinda. <laughs> How funny and, is that? <laughs> and I was like, are you, and I was like, I don't have service. Like I am, I really have dry shampoo for my hair and I have a sweater that's blue. I don't have, like, I don't have a dress and I'm at like a Hampton Inn. Uh-huh. And, um, she's like, yes, but please, like I'll send the track, like just sing along, do your thing. So my brother's eating a Subway sandwich in the background. You can hear him munching. My mom <laughs> over it because she's like, we're on vacation. Why are we filming? Um, so I sent him the tape, no expectations. Um, and then I, I, literally the day I got home from vacation, I was booking my flight back to New York to figure out like, where am I going to get an apartment? What am I going to do with my life? And my agent called and said, I booked the job. Um, wow. The total, I was gone for six weeks. Like, I, wow. I really, what I missed, when you look at the entire tour dates, I missed one city and that was Eugene, Oregon. I had at least touched every single city in the last five years. So I feel like the universe is saying they don't want you to stick around in New York. They want you to just keep working. Just, <laughs> we're just, we're just staying. So, so I, I've never been to Eugene, Oregon. I'm sure it's wonderful. So if you're from Eugene, I miss But um, yeah. What do you know now about being on the road in terms of packing and and what keeps you sane and stuff like that that you didn't know the first time around yeah I mean I've definitely become a better packer um (laughs) I know how to pack at like 2 a.m and just like figure out how to throw my life in a packing cubes are a lifesaver it organizes your life just throwing that out there you know I try to find a coffee shop everywhere I go I know that sounds kind of weird but it makes me feel like I'm finding like a local spot. I'm yeah. finding like the cute things that make a city tick. I'm a shopper. I'm a I honestly like it's kind of an addiction. I love clothes. I love clothes. So I'll go to like little boutiques and stores. I think that's what makes me happy is being able to get out and explore. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I don't try to sit in my hotel the whole time. Um, I feel like that can make you really lonely and, yeah. you know, homesick. So I, I try to stay busy when we go to different cities. I've spoken sure. to a couple of actors who have, because on equity tours, obviously, you know, you either can stay in a hotel or you can hang out in an Airbnb, which again, has only been a thing in the past five, 10 years. So yeah. did you ever take, take that up or did you just like to stay in the hotels? I've done both. Honestly, yeah. I've done both. Yes. And I have such good memories because usually when I would stay in an Airbnb, I would stay with friends. So yeah. there'd be like four of us in this big old house. And I have really great memories of, you know, those times. And we still talk about them. It's so much fun. Um, but then I did hotels a lot too. Yeah. It's really nice to know, like, if I want my bed cleaned, like somebody's going to clean the sheets, you know, I mean, honestly, I don't know what it's going to change with COVID life now, you know, it's, yeah. it's, we're entering a whole different world. So room service and things like that, that probably is going to not be a thing for a long time, but we're talking pre COVID days and I loved it. So, um, I really did love that like weekly cleanup. I'm clean. I promise. But it was nice to be like, somebody's going <laughs> to clean the bathtub and things like that. And I, I like that security too, you know, knowing somebody's at the front desk if anything's wrong. So kind of the best of both worlds. That's a great point. So Wicked, obviously, you know, has been around for how many years now? 16, 17 years? Yes. It had a sweet 16 last year. So October's going to be 17. Whoa. Ah, I know. Wild. So show's been around for a really long time. Yeah. And fingers crossed it stays that way. Why do you think Wicked continues to resonate with audiences years after it first hit Broadway? Oh gosh, I think it, everyone can find a little bit of themselves in the show. They can identify with one of the characters, whether that be Elphaba. Everyone has at some point, I think, felt isolated. Everybody's been at that point in their life. And so I think people can see a character in the show and be like, that's me, that they're representing me. And um, it has so many universal, you know, themes about not judging a book by its cover and acceptance. And I think that's so important that that just stands the test of time. Absolutely. If you could give one piece of advice to a young artist pursuing a career in the theater industry, what would you say? I would say, I'll say two things. Perseverance. Yeah. I think waking up every day it's so hard. You're told no a million times. I honestly probably was told no like 120 times before I heard a yes. <laughs> and that yes was probably like, yes. Um, so um, you have to wake up every day knowing, okay, yesterday may have not been my, my day, but maybe today is. Um, and so you just have to keep you know, persevering and trying and um, moving forward. And then also to just being kind. I remember people by their kindness versus their talent any day. How, you know, how they treated me from the very beginning will always stick with me. And I have some like the dearest friends in the industry because I love their heart. And, you know, they're obviously really talented. They're working. But I, <laughs> I, I look to them because of who they are as a person rather than just their talent. And I think that goes so far. Yeah. A fellow Glinda also said the same thing, Kara Lindsay, a couple episodes ago. Oh, no, Yep, two minutes ago, Carol Lindsay. <laughs> Tell her I said hey. <laughs> well, I love she her. She literally said it's funny. Y'all, like every Glinda says the exact same thing. It's that, but it, you're so you're so right. It's that kindness goes such a long way in this business, and that only talent can only get you so far. Creatives don't want to work with someone who's uber talented, but only cares for themselves in the rehearsal room and on stage. And so that's such an important lesson to learn. 
Absolutely. And you become a family and you want to love your family members. So, yeah, you, um, do. you know, if they're kind, even better. <laughs> Especially on a national tour when y'all yeah. are together 24 <laughs> 7. Yes. Because those are the first people you know in a city. You know, you may yeah. meet strangers that become friends, but those are your built in family members. Yeah. Well, that's so lovely. Allison, thank you so much for joining us this week. This thank has been you. just the best. And I'm so glad we finally got to chat. Me too. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.